Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 227 for March 18th, 2020. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Klingspore, Joshua Alexander, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. Um, feel like it's, it's <laughs> obviously um, we're going to do our best today to be as on point and as entertaining as possible during a um, extremely difficult time uh, for, for you guys, for us, for everyone, frankly. So I will kick uh, the ball over to Mr. Lutz. What are you working on, good sir? I am, well, I, I'm not really working on anything. I will be starting a ukulele project. Um, but what I did do is I was able to clear out a couple of carts in my garage. So I'm, I'm kind of done. Other than the top of my bench on one side of the garage, that's still a little cluttery. Mm-hmm. I was able to get everything in my, my new bench and, and got rid of some stuff. And it's just like, and so here's, I, <clears throat> I don't ever do this, but I'm going to go off track a little bit. So What? Well, it no. just so happens that I'm clearing out. I redid my bench. I'm making space in my garage, and and I swear, honey, it's not because I also just so happen to be looking at motorcycles. <laughs> and it's like oddly enough, there's now room in my garage for a motorcycle. You're kidding? Hmm. I know. Huh. And it is circumstantial. Is it circumstantial? Yeah. Is it? Hmm. Seems Taz like called me out at work. He's off. So I noticed your video, man. That's uh, pretty cool. I noticed you got a lot of room in your garage now, and I've also noticed you on uh, Craigslist looking at all these motorcycles. Uh, any any connection there? And I'm like, oh no, but Casey's going to think there is. <laughs> That's because she's smart. Yeah. So here, here's the terrible thing. So okay, we can be upset about the whole world, whatever. Here's the most terrible thing that's happened because of this pandemic. Four nights ago, Casey tells me, all right, honey, I know you really want a motorcycle. I think we can make it happen. We'll budget for it and everything. The next day, she says, that's now out the window. Forget about it for the rest of the year. Wow. Wow. No, no. I was saying, wow, like she was so cool with it beforehand. I know. I know. And then, then, what? You know, I mean. Everything else is not wow. It makes sense to me. I I just, anyway. I see this. My troubles are large. Yeah, I said, <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that my my your like Casey was saying that my saying is something about adversity leads to or whatever because you were getting it wrong. I'm sure Casey said it correct. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I don't see I don't see this as a, a missed opportunity for you to buy a motorcycle. I see this as a prime opportunity for you to build one from scratch. Yeah, or a well, junker. The, the, okay, the motorcycle I'm interested in is a bobber, right? And Throughout history, a bobber meant that you took a motorcycle and you basically stripped it down to its bare bones, made it as light as possible, chopped it all yep. up. Just right. I mean, that's what they did back in the '40s during the war. They just they did. did. Well, Triumph has actually made one now that is. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know. I haven't looked at motorcycles in years, and 
now I'm looking at and there's all these new bikes that come out and Triumph came out with this bobber a few years ago and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I gotta have that. But Tim, you might be onto something. You might be mm. onto something. I'm not gonna do it, but you might. Be yeah, yeah, no, he's onto something. Yeah. yeah. Do the Triumphs have shifters on the right foot instead of the left? Are they backwards? They do not. Okay. But there was they there. Are, I think it's the BSA ago, bikes that do that. The BSAs used to yeah. a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the old ones sometimes you'll you'll come into that. And I think the handles are switched too. The brakes and the clutch, right? Or the gas well, and the clutch. They have to be. Yeah. yeah. They would have to be. Otherwise, right. yeah. Don't you remember that Happy Days episode where Fonzie uh, he. It was on a jury, and they, they blamed this guy for on his motorcycle. He drove up to some lady, snagged her purse, purse and took off. Oh, he and was on the jury. And he said, wait a minute. That's that's a what? It's a BSA. No. You're saying he grabbed it with his left hand and took off? Well, that's impossible because on that bike, the gas is on the left side, and he wouldn't have been able to accelerate. I mean, it was like Fonzie saved the day for this dude. Hey, you know what? Hey. Fonzie always saved the day. What the that's world right. needs now is a little more Fonzie. Yeah, and then I I heard Henry Winkler say uh, just recently as well is like you know that scene where I was riding the motorcycle, that's the only time he's ever been on a motorcycle in his life. <laughs> <laughs> in the opening sequence of that that show, well, these are he all said he almost ran into one of the cameramen when he came to a cool. stop too. Right, I was gonna say there's four PAs like holding <laughs> holding it like laying on their stomachs holding the bike up. <laughs> too funny, Tim. What about you? What's going on there? Um, I'm actually making stuff a little bit. Uh, one of the, you know, while the world is, is shutting down and people really can't go to work, I work alone in a barn, so I can go to work. So, um, you know, I can still go in and, and do stuff. Uh, and so I've been working on my truck a little bit and, and some instruments. But what I've been working on this kind of fun is um, my, friend, my friend Matt works at this place called Kid City. And it's like a children's museum, you know, where you, but like, it's not mm-hmm. really, they call it that, but it's not a museum. It's like a I know, space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Activity center. And, yeah. And, um, and he makes the, um, the props that are there, like the UFOs that you climb in and like the, all the, like, that's his job, which is maybe the only job cooler than mine. Like, is that, <laughs> you know, like he gets to do this, like he has a paycheck and he gets to make this stuff. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, is it, yeah. I've been there a fiberglass. few times. Talk, Does he work what's with it? a lot of fiberglass? A lot of plywood, a lot of um, plastics and fiberglass type stuff, you know, okay. and, and, you know, yeah. Kind of like a set incredible. designer a of, in a way. Yeah, it's set stuff that you can play with. And, I mean, they spend a lot of money on this stuff and because it's got to be a lot of testing to make it safe and, you know, and all that stuff. But a lot of it will be like steel frame then wrapped with that sort of soft, squishy kind of sure. fiberglass. Like, you know, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed um, like when I kind of got to know him, like I got to go walking around through the place with him and he was showing me all the stuff they built. And like, like there's this giant wheel somewhere that's spinning and like things are falling off. And he's like, yeah, he's like, that's a, that's a Chevy C10 rear axle behind the wall. They're holding that. I'm like, what? You know, like, that's you know, so they funny. got it hooked up to some electric motor and stuff, all these things they do. But so they have this one uh, section that it's like kids can go fishing for like these like kind of hard foam fish yes. and, um, with a magnet. That you know yeah. with magnet fishing and then they throw them into some bucket and then there's this conveyor belt that like goes overhead and then the fish fall back in and i've never seen that room but but so he came into my shop last week with um the the original model that not him but the art designer sculpted that they used to make uh molds of the fish right so they he so what he does is he takes this hard plastic you know fish and then he does silicone molds and then he he makes several of them and he goes and he batches because he ends up you know every few months they got to make more of these fish they get lost and missing and ripped and stuff and um 
so but he said the silicone molds only last for like a hundred fish and then he has to make a new one so he's like okay. so he came to me he's like do you think that you could see and see a more durable mold like out of delrin is the plan and um you know and so they gave me this fish to recreate uh in the digital realm so i can make uh, delrin molds for them was, to i them. thought you were trying to make a mold and that was the project but you're actually trying to figure out a way to reverse make a mold well, right it's so i'm taking his 3d fish and I'm well, but it's actually easy. I'm using Aspire, which is not the best software for this type of 3D modeling, but that's what I'm going to cut it in. So, but so I'm making it's really only two and a half D. It's like one half the fish, and then you put the two halves together, right? So I'm making one half of the fish, and then I, there's a button, and I can click it, and it just inverts that 180 degrees to make it a negative. So I can then right. mold it, you know. So I've been. Uh, what's, I was. At, what's Delrin? It's like a hard plastic, like Corian, um, that kind of thing. No, it's more like um, like what your bushings might be in your car. Okay. Um, like the like the really hard bushings, you know, uh, body mounts and stuff. But um, yeah. So that's that's been an interesting challenge because I've never really done that kind of modeling. And I got to a point yesterday where I went into one of the Facebook groups. And I was like, "Who can I pay to do this for me?" Because <laughs> I was. Like, I know. I saw that. I was like, and then I kind of talked to some people, and they're talking about some different approaches. And the the one idea that came out was to do you can you can take like a hundred photos of it from all different angles and there's software that will compile that and make like a digital reproduction of it. So I started watching some videos about that. And, um, and I was like, I was like, that looks harder than just figuring out how to use this software. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went, I just, I, I put on my, hiked up my big boy pants and I sat back down at the computer for like an hour and I started getting somewhere to where I was pretty happy with it. I sent it to Matt. I'm like, I'm like, is this kind of the idea? Is this close enough to the original? And he's like, Oh, it looks great. And I was like, Oh, phew. Cause you know how you're always like more critical of your, Yes. You know, I'm like, it doesn't, because I'm looking at, like, this thing was made by hand. This original one was made by hand, like, 12 years ago. And so it's hand sculpted, so it looks, and I'm like, I'm never going to, I'm trying to make these fin lines, like, exactly the same. And then I kind of realize. They don't like, care. They don't. He kid, care. The he kids are going to throw. He the, just wants a new fish mold. He, yeah. just wants to, he just wants the fish to be easier to make and still work on the conveyor belt and the system that's there. So as long as it yeah. fits the ecosystem, you know. So I'm going to cut the first one out. I think I'm going to try and machine out the first mold to him tomorrow because now he can't go to work anymore. Obviously, that place is closed. Kid kid museum, you know. And, yeah. Um, hey, can, and, can you do me a favor? Yeah. On the outside of your shop door, could you just make a sign that says gone fishing? Why don't you make that for me, Bill? Yeah, out of a yeah. Delrin. Yeah. That, yeah. That's funny. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, you're making a fish. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I'm making well, I'm making a negative of a fish. Yeah, so gone I'm negative making, fishing. I'm making the exact opposite of a fish. I'm making the space around the fish. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm making the space around <laughs> the fish, man. <laughs> Inverted fish. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Phil? <clears throat> um, so I put out a video. I think it was on Friday or no. Saturday last week. Yeah, I know it's crazy. And I have to say, and this is not to toot my own horn because I almost never do that weekly, um, I think this is the best video I've ever put out. I really enjoyed this one, um, and uh, and I think I did a lot to sort of get a little bit more into the cinematography of making the video, so where I, I kind of simulated multi-camera by ta doing a take I, of cutting I one thing. I saw that on the table saw, there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then like doing it from a different angle and then splicing them together. Uh, I did that with the router too, so I was like, you know what, let's let's give this a real shot. Um, and I thought it came out well, I, I was very mindful of the time, I didn't want it to be like a 15 minute video, so it's like eight and a half minutes. 
Um, and we'll see how successful it is. But anyways, uh, the client picked up the boxes today that I made. These were these two memorabilia carrying cases. And I was like, oh my God, he's gonna hate this, he's gonna hate this, he's gonna hate this. He looked at it, he goes, looks great, thanks, put it in my car. So that kind of speaks to, you know, Tim's uh, yeah, scooped out, hand-done fish scales, <laughs> you know. They don't care, you know what I mean? So yeah. it was plywood boxes with a with a just with an acrylic uh, front uh, window, and he got what he paid for, and he was happy to get it, and you know, and uh, and I was uh, I was happy to deliver it, you know. So it was it you worked look, out really well. You actually looked like you were enjoying yourself making that video. So I was, I was, I really did enjoy it, and uh, and I have another project slated to to do some cabinetry. Um, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do to sort of get the melamine that I need to make the cabinets. Maybe I'll I'll get a delivery service to do it or something. I'm not sure. Um, but I guess that's a great segue into this week's topic, which is... What well, are you going to... What do we got? Now what? You say now it? what? Yeah, now what? Right? But isn't... are The the box stores aren't closing, are they? Are they closing where you are? I don't no. think so because they have yeah. to be... I mean... It's essential. If you're doing this yeah. to make money, that's essential. Well, yeah, not even no, that, no. but just, I mean, they are like, if your toilet breaks, I mean, that's, you know. Right. It is essential. So uh, yeah. just to give you some context, so Canada has put in some some restrictions uh, specifically today. One, we've closed our borders to anyone who isn't a Canadian citizen, a permanent resident, or American. So Americans are still allowed into the U.S. Um, oh, glad that bribe helped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you really you really did it, Tim. Um, and, and the Prime Minister went on TV today. He... Prime Minister is our version of your president, um, and he said, "Just, just, just trying to, you know, get everyone on the same page here." Um, and he said, basically, obviously, we can't enforce it, but we would ask everyone to stay home, unless you're providing an essential service. Please stay home. We have to get ahead of this, uh, this, this curve, and 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 so that's what I'm doing. Um, I have three small kids who are out of school and at home and are driving us crazy, but we are doing our best to do the best we can for them. And right now that means to self-quarantine, to isolate. Uh, and that's that's what I'm doing. Luckily though, I, um, I signed, I told you guys last week, I signed my first client and that gig is still ongoing. So I'm nice. good, I'm good for now. You know, we'll see how long that goes and I can do my work anywhere. So that's very lucky. If I didn't sign that one client, um, honestly, I would be super screwed right now. <laughs> super, yeah. super screwed. So I'm very, very, very fortunate to be in that boat. Um, that gig lasts for maybe three months, so we'll see what happens after that. But uh, but for now, I'm doing all right. And uh, and yeah, so if I can if I can get to Home Depot safely, or if I can have Home Depot deliver some melamine, I can build me some very critical art cabinets uh, for the kids, and uh, and I'll be able to put out another video doing that. So cool. That's that's that. And I so like it. you know. So that's so that sort of I guess sort of answers the question of now what, and and the reason now what I mean obviously it's it's uh, well it means a couple of things, um, we are facing a uh, a monster challenge to the world a, a huge um, a crisis frankly this pandemic, and so we're all sort of living our lives asking the question well now what right so we we are now living with new circumstances we are now living with a new normal. And, uh, and, and I would advise everyone who's listening to this to sort of get used to this new normal because this is not going to be over in two weeks. This is likely going to be with us for a few months. 
let's settle in. Let's be patient. Let's be mm. honest with one another, and let's do our best to protect one another. And uh, and so you know we're asking ourselves now what? So that's that side of that now what question, because we're all sort of looking around going what the heck is going on here? So that's now what? And then as makers, now what? Right. We have the opportunity to sort of you know get in our shops. We're always complaining we don't have enough time to be in our shops. Well, now we sort of do. So now what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and that's where well, the the direction of our conversation is going to be. Obviously, there's plenty of other podcasts to talk about now what to do with your kids and now what to do with everything else. So <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to yeah. give it some context. Yeah. Well, in that context, the maker community is probably one of the better ones that is going to actually be okay. And we, how yeah. many times have we seen a little adversity and we all come together? So this is easy. But I like this. Now what? Okay, I got some free time on my hands. Uh, I don't have a lot of access, which is something as as reclaimers we we face more often than not, right? I don't have a mm-hmm. lot of access to the materials I may want. So now what? Now what do we do? Right. right? Mm-hmm. What, what? It's a good question because you know, uh, as as you rightly say, you know, we are those people who are probably a little bit more resourceful, who make with what we can make with, and sort of. I think the quote that maybe I don't know if it's necessarily a quote, but I always thought that you know um, constraints sort of build creativity, right? You're, you're, what you're limited by is what allows your creativity and new ideas to flourish. So, okay, I don't have any more plywood. I can't get melamine. Uh, I have, you know, these, uh, ugh, I hate saying this. I have these hollow door, uh, hollow core doors. What do I, can I make, <laughs> can I make cabinetry out of my own plywood that I make for 400 the, can doors? Can you use the, uh, the eighth inch or whatever it is, the 16th inch hollow core door wood as melamine? Well, you'd have to take 400 of those doors to make your own plywood. And then I get, no, yeah. I'd say if, if you have plywood, you could use yeah. the holocaust door to skin it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I would just paint it at that point, and I have like, yeah. It's just, it's just more plywood. It's not like it's yeah. like any more durable than the existing plywood you'd be gluing it over. Oh, okay. But what you can Go do ahead is and just if, do what anybody else would do. I'm just yeah. trying to you know increase your creativity. But what you can right. do is if you have enough of these doors, is you cannot cut them apart. And as long as you leave the width, like you have the two supports going upright, and then the rest of the, and it's hollow in the middle, it's going to be a heck of a lot stronger than most things at IKEA, anyways. If you if you like say like you cut the top twenty inches, say mm. off the door, you have three solid surfaces of wood. You could fill a fourth one in if you needed to, or you could use those three solid surfaces. Now you have two doors. You cut the two tops off, and then you cut like another piece of like you know of like the middle or something because the middle also has solid wood in it and you put that in between the and you made a bench you know what i mean so it's like or you could just cut the bottom and top off of a holocore door and stick the middle in between you could make a bench that you could sit two people on with a holocore door you could you could frame it and go back to what i was saying is using the yeah. holocore door wood to skin it with so like if you built a frame around it, just like a holocore door is built around a frame so a lot of right 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 the, and then skin the it yeah. You're saying like a skeleton and then just skin it. Right. So make a skeleton that too, and use, yeah. the, use the wood on the holocaust door to actually make it look like all this big fat wood that it's not. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, that's how a lot of furniture is made. So that's, you know, very Boy, astutely. I, I almost feel like holocaust doors could be like like the new palette. Yeah. No, that's not a feeling <laughs> anyone else That's the shared. silliest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear you say that again. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. If you hashtag it, we're going to have a talk later. Yeah. That's like my favorite hashtag is this 400 words long. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fortunately, my phone auto-types it now. <laughs> Four score and seven years ago, Hollywood <laughs> Doors could be the new palette, perhaps, maybe, guys. Sharon. But, uh, you know, as as makers, like, I mean, you know, 
Phil, you kind of said about how you might not necessarily feel inspired right now because, you know, it's a little bit gloomy um, to, to, to go into your shop. But then the other thing, too, is that, like, okay, great, we have all this time to make stuff, but there's no market for anything right now. Like, people are not going to be buying cutting boards and, and extra furniture right now. You know, that's time to prototype, time to experiment. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. So now let's, you know, thinking, thinking through like we, we will get through this and there, the, you know, the, no doubt, no doubt know, we will, you know, we're, we we have a pretty good success rate of surviving adversity as, as a species. And so we will get like through 100%. it and, there, and, and everything will recover and, and people will be buying cutting boards again. But now what's cutting board version two or 10 or whatever that's, you know, so, this is, you know, that's, that's what this exactly. time is going to be great for. Exactly what I've been thinking. I've always had it in the back of my mind to come up with um, uh, we, we all make our own cutting boards out of wood, scrap wood, whatever. Make them cool, make them pretty. But what about those, not plastic, I, I don't know, I guess they're plastic, the plastic cutting boards. Yeah, the plastic. Yeah. HDP, Most people yeah. like those better because they stack way easier. You don't have to oil them, you know, they, they, they stay forever. Yeah. And they uh, in restaurants, you can't use the wood ones anymore. You have to use those. Right. Yeah. What can we do as reclaimers to come up with some plastic cutting board? Or what can we just cut into a square that's already plastic? What? You know what those might be made out of, Phil? They might be made out of Delrin. No, those are uh, molecular. Uh, H, you know what I mean? They're high molecular whatever. They're, they're not. It's, a, it's oh. much softer. It's very soft. It's like, yeah. that's, that's what preserves the knife edge. Right, I have one of them that's pretty. I don't know. I always, I always felt like because when I was cooking, we had these weird like, back in the day, we had these cutting boards yeah. that we we used to run through the hot dishwasher, and they'd get like yeah. warped if you didn't lay them out flat, and they yeah. were like really solid. And we love those. Then we had those hard plastic ones because then they, and then the the board of health said we couldn't use the old ones anymore. They're too porous, and we had to go to okay. the hard plastic ones. And I felt like they killed my knives. But yeah, whereas the other know, ones mine, are like a self healing board. It's like high polymer molecular. Blah, blah, I'm looking it up now. High density there, polymerethylene. I don't know. Something like that. Um, is there anything that, that is like I, one of the things I'm thinking of is some of those um, uh, uh, office chair mats. Some of those things are made out of a similar product. I wonder if that could be upcycled into cutting boards. You know, because sometimes they'll break or they get a corner or they get ugly. If mm. you clean it well enough and cut it into smaller pieces. I love cooking on plastic out. off of office floors. It's my favorite yeah. thing to use when I'm cooking. <laughs> Chopping some onions on some 20-year-old you know, plastic. Tough tough thing to use a steam, a little bit of steam to clean it with, Mr. Sway. <laughs> I'm just saying that's a tough sale. Now. I'll tell you, but, I've been um, in sales and marketing for 20 years. Mm. I think that challenge exceeds my abilities. <laughs> okay, but, again, but, I'm, but, I'm just trying to keep the... Spitball. Yeah. No, spitball. I like I like it. I mean, HDPE, like... Melting down milk jugs and stuff. I don't see any reason why you couldn't do that because that's all getting heated up to the point where you're going to kill anything that's living yeah. in it. You know? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, here's what I like about um, sort of working with wood. Just one, I, I, I know how to do it and I like to machine it and I find it beautiful and pretty and all that stuff. But us reclaiming wood solves a problem, right? We can still recycle plastic i know it's better to reuse it but we we have the mm. mechanism in place to recycle plastic we have the already the infrastructure in place to avoid throwing it into a landfill people literally will take four dining room chairs made out of solid wood that just they don't like anymore because it's not in style and they will throw it in the garbage yep. and i find that insane so yeah that's that's what makes me feel better about that and, and agree with the, like us will tear them apart and just reuse the wood for something yeah, else. Exactly, exactly. The um, 
the the plastic like I had messed around with melting HDPE a few years back and and um plastic bags I remember also you did right uh, yeah I think I messed around with those too but and, and well, I found like for um, on the scale that I can do it the amount of energy that I use to to make this stuff a new product was just like astronomical like it didn't make sense right. to me um, you have to be on a much larger level of doing that to where it's going to work out versus recycling. You know, which I hate to say yeah. because I'm the one that always talk about reduce and reuse being the most the most important R's in the reduce, reuse, recycle mantra. But yeah, that plastic man, it's just which is why well, I that's just what like, I'm trying to think. I want of to avoid just using out there that we use and get rid of right. that could be made into cutting boards. Um, what does it have to be cutting boards? Well, I, I, I just off the top of my head, that's what I'm thinking of. Because you take something that's maybe big and broken and cut it down to a smaller piece that's not broken. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Suitcases? I don't know. I feel like you're really putting me on the spot here. Um, can we? Can, can we? Get, can we not? Answers. Can we not cook with it? Can we make something other than food-related stuff? Because that's you know. I mean, like suitcases I, I are. Your, I get your fear, but it's not wood. It's not. It's not like using a pallet that has you know formaldehyde. No, that's exactly it. why you're it's talking my about fear. plastic that's dirty. It can be cleaned. It's one of the things about plastic is you can clean it. You can yeah. run it through the dishwasher. It will clean it. You can pour bleach on it. It will clean it. You can, you know, heat lay it out in the sun for a couple of days. It'll clean it. Come on. Now. You know. You know that photo you took, Bill, a bunch of years ago, where you're drinking water from a water fountain that looks like a toilet. To prove that there's, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about because I remember that photo because I think about yeah, it daily. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, I understand that you can recycle toilet water and make it potable and drinkable. Like I get that, but I don't necessarily want to be reminded of it by drinking directly from a toilet like you were in that photo. And I think that's where well, you, you get into something like. This is why when I send you like, a gift a floor in the mail, this plastic cutting board. I won't tell you where it's coming from. <laughs> if it, I think if you could make it so it doesn't look like that, then there's a potential. But yeah, like that's just it's just a tough sale. Well, that, again, that was just the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. A larger piece of plastic that gets broken or cracked on the end that people throw away. What is? I'm just trying to get you, you know, guys to think what else is my, that? My workbench is made of these, these one-inch thick pieces of a high-density plastic uh, that were bathroom stalls, like the dividers between bathroom stalls. Yeah, there you I can go. make a lot of cutting boards out of those. There you go. Bathroom yeah, stall. He's joking. Stall. Yeah, he's joking. He's <laughs> testing you. You failed. I love how one of you got that. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> I'm I'm done. I I can only do so much for you guys. Only, I can and only do cutting boards. That's it. That's all I know how to make. I'll tell you one thing, and th I mean this is an interesting conversation to have, but you know I think more topically, um, I actually jokingly posted on Facebook the other day and said in a comment, I told my wife. How lucky she is to be married to me because in the face of this frickin' apocalypse, you know, God forbid something breaks, I can fix it. And that's what I love about our specific community is that we are these roll-up-your-sleeves kind of people who have the ability to fix something. And even if we can't specifically tackle the problem that, that's facing us, we have the courage to seek out the information to do it ourselves. And, and that's something that gives me great hope despite, um, you know, this big challenge that we're facing right now. So um, as far as, you know, the question that Tim asked of like, how do we sort of get in the frame of mind where um, we go out in those garages despite, you know, again, a tremendous challenge that, that we face. Um, but I think it's time to tackle some of those projects, you know, for us. 
for those skill building challenges or one or knock off some of those honey do things that you know our, our wives say, or our husbands you know have asked us. chores around the house that you've been putting off this might be a good opportunity too i have never mopped as much as i have mopped in the last two days i gotta tell you my wrist action is going real smooth right now uh i can i can wing around a mop like uh like nobody's business um i like but mopping. yeah I like. I'm not a big fan of sweeping or vacuuming, but I like mopping. It's it's rewarding. All right. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I've I've uh, in the last couple of days, I've also had an opportunity to uh, to fix a whole bunch of nail pops. I've uh, I've sanded down some peeling paint and put down some spackle, ready ready to to prep for paint. So now is a good time to sort of go around the house with those old tool belts and you know tighten some screws, paint some whatever. You know that's what I, that's what I feel is like. It's a good time to sort of batten down the hatches and get things back into ship shape you know another thing and we can expand that and i love this um and my older brother sets the perfect example for this um one of the things that, that they're they're saying is like you know doom and gloom blah 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 but be a neighbor go out and check on your neighbors and make sure that they're okay if you have elderly neighbors mm-hmm. or something like that so if there's things that they might possibly need work mm-hmm. done maybe do some yard work for your neighbor something like that um dad bod came over Saturday, and somebody tried to pry off the. He has a like a trifold tonneau cover on the back of his truck. But yeah. He tried to pry it up. So what it did was it, it popped all the locking mechanisms off of it from the, the rivets. And after his failed attempt of using liquid nails to try and fix the problem, he brought it to me. So I had to scrape all the liquid nails off, and then I, I drilled out all the rivets and I re riveted everything and put it back together. But there, you know, here's somebody that was like, I don't want him to go out and spend you know fifteen hundred dollars or whatever one of them fancy covers would be. Um, so you can do that. I know my, my landlords are here in town, so they're next door. And they might be stuck here because they were going to fly back to Wisconsin. Um, but it's the first thing I did. Hey, do you guys need anything? I'm going to the store. You know, I, I noticed Chuck was out mowing the lawn. I kind of you know go over there and help a little. You know what I'm saying? So it's also an opportunity. you got some time on your hands. Reach out a little bit. What about your family? Is there any, you know, your uncle, your granddad, whatever. Do they need help? You're not supposed to go out and about, but you can go out to help others i believe you don't you wouldn't get in trouble for that you know yeah yeah of course i mean uh, this is and even again the prime minister of canada went on tv today and he said the exact same thing that you're saying mm-hmm. you know we, we've got to look out for the most vulnerable in society uh which is why a buddy of mine lives down the street um i called him up and i said hey man uh, i'm going uh you know do you need anything i'm going on a booze run do you need <laughs> because i gotta tell you <laughs> Oh boy! If ever I need it, purposes, Phil, right? Yeah, yeah, for boob, yeah. for ouchies and boo boos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so you know that's. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity to, uh, you know. So I'm making these art cabinets not just because I want to make a video or because uh, you know it's 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 necessarily specifically fun to work with melamine. I actually don't love it, but um, but it's one of those things that my wife's been asking me for a long time. I built a, a cabinet a little while ago. And it's got both board games and um, and art supplies in it, and and our cup runneth over in kitty crap. So we need more cabinetry to to house some of that stuff and make a little art corner for my daughter and such. And uh, and so the thing, if I can get my hands on some, this is a good opportunity to to do that. You know, I I, I am working from home. Uh, prospecting for new business, I think, is going to be a tough sell right now, but. Um, I'm limited at the rate of what I can actually do as far as the current file I'm working on. So I am going to have some gaps in my day where I can hop into the garage and do some stuff. So um, so it should be, 
it should be good to sort of just keep busy, keep occupied. I think that's I think that's a lot of it too. To sit around and lament and to just be upset, I don't think helps anybody. You know, no matter what your politics are, sitting around and just being angry does nothing. So let's stay busy, let's stay positive, and let's uh, and let's let's tackle some of those projects we've been putting off. I, I want to revisit my cutting board idea, but not a cutting board. <laughs> since you guys since you guys poo pooed on that. What if we took those floor mats? Which is why I'm not using that as a cutting board. Thank you. Yeah. Right. What if we <laughs> took those and we la- uh, laminated those together to make a thicker piece of plastic and made push sticks out of them? Okay. Yeah. We need those in our shops, right? There's, what about projects you can make out of scraps for your for yourself in your shop, right? Push sticks, uh, jigs of, of whatever sorts. Have fun. You know what? Some of the funnest things I've ever made is jigs that are not made out of wood. Right, whatever you have, whether you have to screw pieces of metal together to to, to make some kind of a slide for your table saw, whatever you got to do. I mean, that's I fine. do need some push sticks, but I will make them out of wood because they don't take much, and I just make them out uh, of plywood on the. No band imagination, saw. Phil. None. Well, because I don't know what kind of plastic that is, and my concern about a plastic push stick is always that it's going to shatter if you run it across the blade, which I do for Almost, thinner stock. Uh, I guess whatever. I, I cut I cut plastic on my bandsaw or on my tables yeah. all the time. So, Acry- acrylic shatters. You got to worry yeah. about like the acrylics and stuff, but the plastics like the HDPEs and stuff they don't really. They're fine. They just cut like wood. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that we're laminating together and cutting into a. You know, that's like, part of the, that's. Didn't we call can, this prototyping? Didn't we yeah, call this can, experimenting? And if let's you were if, use the murder my, stick, yeah. If you were my son Vance, this is where I would tell you: see, come up with five solutions to that problem because <laughs> there's a lot of ways to figure out what happens if you cut plastic without all of a sudden losing a finger because you never tested it. <laughs> right. Use a hot dog, or exactly. so the commercials tell Use me. Use a hot dog to push your stuff through the. Uh... <laughs> right. Right. Um, well, I feel like Bill is on a plastic kick right I, now. I would say broccoli stock. Use a broccoli stock. Well, uh, broccoli tof- stock. Tof- Throw a bunch tof- of beans at it. Yeah. <laughs> Just one at a time. Push it down incrementally. One um, bean at a time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> From what I understand, three is the magic number for, for beans, though. Um, Bill is on a plastic kick, so I do want to play that game. Uh, let me try to think of plastics and where... What about strapping? You do see a lot of plastic strapping around. Uh, in and around pallets and where we pick them up. Yep. What can you use for strapping? I do like the idea of making bundles with wood that I have to sort of just sort of put it away. Uh, sometimes you get a lot of sort of pallet slats and just sort of have them randomly stacked about is annoying. Uh, I think strapping them was, is a good idea and it's, I think it's easy to do even without a strapping gun. I think it would be fun to do strapping inlays. Yep. Oh, make, that's a, a make, great idea. make a table that looks like it's strapped and actually just epoxy in the uh, the strap. Yeah, you know that's, that's clever. Eddie, 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 cool. Eddie Van Halen, Hollywood. you know. You're both yeah. welcome. Yeah. See, I knew I'd get your creative juices flowing. That's awesome. Yeah. Huh. That's, that's it. That's interesting. Nothing else you could do huh. with it. <laughs> nope. That's it. That's the whole thing. May, I know you could use it as a push stick. Yeah, but if you'd you need like four gallons you, of you epoxy. Seriously, if you glued that stuff together, laminated it, wouldn't it eventually get some rigidity to it? I would yeah. assume so. Yeah. Well, th- I think that would mostly come from the resin you'd have to use to uh, to join it, so? which which shatters like a banshee. Ugh. <laughs> 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 
He's just joking. Um, no, I'm thinking sort of also about like, um, you know, tool holders that you could make out of some of these strapping. Like, uh, I don't know, interesting things. Okay, that that's a material that I would gather some of. And I would like to have. see. You were talking about walking around the house with your tool belt on. I'd like to see you get a, a belt and put a whole bunch of straps on it, as like specifically for for tools. I got to tell you, I um, I, when I first bought my house, I think maybe eight years ago, I did go out and get a tool belt, but it wasn't a great one. It was like a Walmart special made out of God knows what animal skin, and it had like two big pockets in the front and like a, and a hanger for a hammer on the side. And it looked pretty goony, to be honest with you. And and I used it for a little bit, and then I wasn't into it. But then this summer, I was doing a lot of outdoor projects, and obviously, you don't want to keep running in and out of the shop to get tools and stuff. So I went out and I got myself a more decent uh, tool belt, and I got one specifically for the tools that I use. So I kind of looked at it, and I spent about an hour at Home Depot looking at some of these tool belts. And the one I found that I really liked is a DeWalt. Um, not to brand names or whatever, but I really do like this one. And it's kind of just like a big pouch, and inside it, it has smaller pouches, and there's a place to hold a tape measure. But the thing that it was missing was a holder for a hammer, uh, which I use a lot as taking out nails and such. But I, I found a Husky, um, just a hammer holder. That's all it is, is that's, and it goes on the belt too. So I basically I rolled my own. I make a hammer holder. Probably, but this, yeah. but anyways, I have it now. I, it exists. Um, but so I have like the perfect tool belt for me and what I do, and now I really, really enjoy using it. So um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just wanted to tell you that story because yay me. <laughs> Good story. You know, I, I laugh. Um, you know, people spend a lot of time making their their tool wall. You know, and they make things yeah. to hang there. Why are you laughing? Uh, I, I enjoyed that. I, and I, I know that it. you're. I know that you're one of them. And yeah. I laugh almost every time I put my hammer back in the designated hammer holder on my wall, which is just a screw that I just put the hooks of the hammer on. Uh, you know what? I don't have a designated place for my hammer on my tool wall because it's not really a, a shop tool that I use. I keep it in my wooden toolbox. Oh, you should just put, a, just put a nail on the wall and it'll hang right there. <laughs> because I, I hang up the tools that I use on my workbench. And that's not really a tool I use. For nails, I use the air nailer if I'm going to be nailing a project together, which I just did. Um, but my hammer I usually is really more of a destructive tool for me, actually, now that I think about it, for taking things apart. Yeah, that's why I have it handy, because I do a lot of that, you know, pallets. I guess you're doing that at your back. I do that more Pulling in the driveway, yeah. I guess, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I have, like, my bench is, like, all-purpose. I do have that small woodworking bench, like, that's on yeah. top of my bench, you know. But, yeah, most of my bench is just destructive whatever kind of work so you guys I don't remember that the you... cutest makers in the whole wide world i love you both i'm oh. super uncomfortable with you yeah. saying that I don't, I don't it just <laughs> seems really inappropriate stop looking at Did... me <laughs> <clears throat> and put on pants um <laughs> Tim, did you you said that you have a little woodworking bench? Did you make one of those little ones like we see around, like with the little vice on it and stuff? Yeah, I did. Uh, like like Laura Kampf made a video a few years ago. Yeah. And she was she wasn't the first, but um, right. I I, I kind of referenced because I had a piece of bowling alley that's about twelve inches oh, wide by four feet long. And, yeah. Uh, and so I I basically just clean that up, and well, it needs to be cleaned up again. I drill some holes down the middle of it. 
was a video. Yeah. And I had a. You made a video you know, of this, right? I remember seeing. Yeah, this. years yeah. a couple years ago, and I and I yeah. just I put um I put feet on it that stick out past it, so I could just screw it down directly Clamp. straight down onto my bench, and so now it's just. Which is nice because my, you know, my bench is about, it's a little taller than most benches because I'm tall. It's like probably like 37, 38 inches high. Um, But then this is like 41 inches high, which is even nicer, you know, and it's like exactly the size of a guitar. So it's like, like one of the places I put guitars down to work and it's just a little bit higher up, you know? Right. But um, yeah, it works great. great, It's a great solution for people who want to delve into um, hand tool work, but for the most part, have a bench that you just sort of like abuse like i have a woodworking bench like a rubo or whatever everybody knows that i made yeah. this thing but i beat the hell out of this thing it's got paint on it it's got like i don't treat it like a traditional joinery bench or anything like that i and ain't nobody got time for that like i yeah. there i just painted I, something black and it's got it's a wood it's yeah. a bench i mean it's supposed to be abused the the first the first six months I had that I was treating it like a proper woodworking bench and now it's just another part of my bench you know it has yeah. to be I mean life's too yeah. short for this non it's not a piece of furniture it's a, it's yeah. a tool we, but we all do that mine behind me right now I scuffed yeah. it I, I did Dad Bob's uh, tunnel cover and I scuffed it so I just got done before we started the podcast I put yeah. some more wax on you it just and, made it. <laughs> yeah. and I was like I can't work on this it's too pretty yeah. right now yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. And I, yeah. you know what? I do remember when I hit that point because it was clean for quite a while. And I, you're right. I was doing my best to make sure that it stayed clean. And then one time I got a little bit of paint on it. I was like, oh, no. Eh, all right. Whatever. Yep. Then you breathe yeah. a sigh of relief and like, okay, now I can use it. Exactly. I- like, like, you know, that time in high school where you became a man. <laughs> what I like about mine is that if I need, like, because it's not level anymore, like, I've really got it nice and level, you know, but now I've okay. been banging on it and stuff, so it's probably it's not level anymore. But if I wanted to make it level, I could very easily unscrew it from its feet, take the vice off it, run it through my planer, and then screw it back down. Yeah, level that is again, a good you know? point. And it's got, you know it's got all these, the holes, like, lined up down the middle, because I came up with this bench dog system, which yeah. works pretty well. I just put a quarter 20 bolt in there. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> and then that's what smart. I and then I have this thing that I do with um, I have two boards that have holes in the middle of them, and I put a quarter twenty bolt in. And then if you just sort of twist them a little bit, you put your plank in between yes. the, and twist them, and it kind of locks it. Yeah, it doesn't it's work like great. It works well, but not perfect, you know. But you like, know what? I wanted to mention you, Phil. I watched your video. Um, I love that. Is that a Miles Crafting that clamp system you were talking about on the podcast? But I hadn't seen it. Uh, that goes on the top of your bench. It's like a vice it, vice clamp. Vice yeah. clamp. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love they that. call you it a bench send, clamp, but yeah. Send me a link to that. I might I might pick one of those up, and then I'll and I'll yeah. I'll say that Phil Pinsky sent me. So I will send you an affiliate link. <laughs> there you go. Not <laughs> <laughs> to tell anybody anything. Uh, you yeah, know, actually, I, like I really I really enjoy it. An affil affiliate link, Phil. Oh, that's clever. That's clever. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like uh, it's a hold fast, right? But an yeah. easier one for the modern day. Yeah, I, I enjoy using it. Um, but I, I mean, you, you my, made a point my current about- system is I, I screw a piece of wooden. You know what I mean? It's like my my current yeah. system, and it's just eventually, you, you know, that gets tired. Right. <laughs> it, I, I I can imagine. Yeah. 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 Um, but you made you you talked about um, your bench being or the woodworking bench part that you're talking about the little one. Um, it was flat and it was a reference surface to begin with. And when I was building out my uh, my reclaimed Rubo, Bill had actually asked me a question, one of those one of those uh, great underhand lob questions that he always asks 
to spur on conversation, which I love. He asked, Phil, why is it important for your workbench to be flat? You know, or something something to that yeah. effect. And I remember yeah. answering, like, very glibly, like, well, Bill, because not <laughs> maybe this was early on in the pod. I didn't realize that that's what he was doing, that he was, like, spurring on the conversation. I was like, well, yeah. dum-dum. It's because, you know, and, like, obviously he knows why. But I, I answered, you know, because you are essentially transferring the reference from your bench to your workpiece. And uh, as time goes on, obviously, my workbench is no longer a reference surface anymore. And it's not worth the effort, in my opinion, to go and to build a, a sled to go and flatten it with a router. And frankly, it hasn't really prevented me from making things that are flat and true. So to answer Bill's question probably three or four years later, eh, it's nice, I guess, but not particularly necessary, in my opinion. It, yeah. I, it, it, when I have a traditional Mark, my best friend's bags. Uh, when friend. I have a traditional Mark Spagnuolo woodworking dedicated shop to make fine furniture, I'm going to have me a reference bench that's perfect. Yeah. Until that point. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, and It'd you need fine. to maintain them. They're going to move around and stuff too. Yeah. Like you got to you got to be on top of that, you know. I have Especially my, when they're softwood. Yeah. I have my table saw. That's if it's if it's just flat on my table saw, it's flat. That's, that's how I see it. So like, my, my, that's always been my reference bench has yeah. been my table saw. Yeah. That's so what I'll, I do I'll, for small stuff, right? So with yeah, the whiskey boxes, for sure, that's what I was using. Yeah. Uh, the step stools, absolutely, that's what I was using. But now make a table that's, you know, perfectly level on our not perfectly level floors. Yeah, but who who uh, that that's right. So when you make a handmade table, do you really care that it's, you know you can't balance a golf ball on it without it rolling off to one side? I mean, no, but I want to make cares. sure that it's not tippy, right? So like if if three of the four legs are touching, but the fourth isn't. So I did I did have to do this. So what I did was I built a coffee table in four sections. It was kind of made out of crates. It's one of these designs where it kind of looks like it's weird to say, but if you look at it straight down, it kind of looks like a swastika, but out of crates. And so, like, one is open, and then you see the side of the next one, and then if you pivot yeah, 90 degrees, about, yeah. you know what I'm talking mm. So, and then they're all sort of screwed together in the middle. And, and it's hollow in the middle, and I made that into a planter. So this was a commission project I did probably two or three years ago for somebody. And, um, and so what I ended up doing is I had no idea, first of all, if I was going to be able to make it true and level uh, in, in like just in objectively and I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it true level on her floor I didn't know if her floor was going to be level so what did Screw I do flex. I brought I brought my not even I brought my hot glue gun and I brought shims and I just yeah. I just hot glued shims until it was level and yeah. true on her floor and that's that's actually genius dude I love that I love well, that it was, I, the, wasn't pretty usually, but it worked yeah. Mind you, you couldn't see it yeah I usually work in uh, you know I just work in adjustable feet in, in some way you know into the yeah, that was I, smart. You know, like that—that's a good idea. But yeah. you could—I couldn't do that here because right. there wasn't enough meat on the bottom of these. Right, because they're so it. thin. Yeah. Right. No, the hot glue yeah. gun with shims—that's genius because it essentially becomes permanent, so it's perfectly right. level. Yeah. 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 I like as it. long as she doesn't pivot it. Like. Yeah. I may, I may <laughs> have actually glued it in place. Yeah, I glued it to her floor, so I hope she doesn't glued vacuum. Well, that's right. Yeah. This is now a permanent fixture in your home, and an heirloom for whoever moves in when you leave. I've definitely run into that making large tables, you know, because like you have it on your workbench and you try to get it level, but sometimes you can't get all four legs and you worry about right. that. But here's a, here's a, you know, this is the tip segment early. Okay. Okay. So if you're trying to make sure something's level, I, I have, I have more than one level in my shop, right? I put one on the floor and I put one on the table 
and I look to make sure they look the same. <laughs> right? Because if the if if you put it on the floor and it's just sloped just a little bit to the left and you put yeah. it on the table and it's also just sloped a little bit to the left but it matches the floor, then it's relative to the floor. Oh, I see. What you're Interesting. Right. Yeah. That, but that's so. that's just um I mean not just, but th- that's more visual, right? Well, yeah, that's that's I mean, obviously the the golf ball in my shop while I'm building the table, the golf ball is going to roll. But in theory, right. if it's all sitting proper, I mean, that's not accounting for uh, uneven spots in the floor. It's just accounting for just overall because my shop is crooked. And I know that. So if right. I put a, every table I make would be crooked if I didn't match it to the floor first, you know. Um, so this way, in theory, when you bring it to the client's house and you put it on their level floor, now the golf ball will sit, you know. Right. But. That seems too complicated. I like the idea with the screw levels. Uh, yeah, but you, well, you have to do that anyways, because just because people's right. floors aren't perfect. Like, I don't know how right. many times I've made I've made stuff that's fit on my, my table saw, and it is dead right, and you bring it in, and it's because their floor is dead. Yeah, you know what I mean? So right. you always have to make adjust, adjustments for that. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I before, before I was a maker, quote-unquote, right, you sort of – you grew up in a house, and you – um, you just sort of live your life thinking, maybe not even giving it any thought, but thinking that walls and floors and everything in a house is perfectly flat and straight. And then when you actually go to do these projects in real life, you realize, wow, it only looks and maybe feels straight, but there's nothing that's at a perfect right angle or dead level or true. The floors slope, they crease in the middle. Like basically, Building things is an exercise in in reality, in that you're constantly having to fix things to adjust them to fit properly. Yeah, it's, it's an exercise in matching what you build to the space it's going to live in. That's all. Yeah. Wow, that sounds way better than what I said. <laughs> or that was perfect. Looks straight. Or like Jimmy says, if it looks straight, yeah. it is straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, straight enough. So I, you know, I, I've referenced this before because Shannon Rogers, who's on, uh, who's on the podcast there with my best friend Spags, you know, he always says things like, uh, "How flat is it really need to be? Like sometimes flat enough, or most times, or all the time, flat enough is flat enough, and you only have two show faces, so the other two sides don't have to be perfect, right? And I think that we sort of, especially with um, us power tool, and I think maybe I'm more of a hybrid, but let's say our, us power tool woodworkers, we just, with our machinery, we just expect everything to be perfect and true and flat and square and blah, 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 blah. But the truth of the matter is, if it looks good, it is good. Have a reasonable expo- you know, expectation for how flat or true or straight something ought to be. And if you look at it and you can't tell or you call your spouse in or your kids in and you go, hey, how does that look? And they're like, well, it looks great. I'm going back to watching TV. You know, you did a good job. And I think, uh, you know, we're always our worst critics, so. You know, our buddy uh, Pete, Lakeside Woodcrafter, he just made that um, uh, epoxy table with the, the yeah. fill in the crack. And, I mean, he took he took a, a, a gigantic, you know, mistake in the wood. And he, that's what they do is, you know, use a little epoxy. He made it, it's, it's amazing, right? So he's, yeah, he actually, cool. he accentuates the mistake, which is something, another, uh, another thing that we do as reclaimers is um, yeah. always, it's like, you know what? I can't fix all these dents and knobs and scratches and stuff, so we're going to highlight those defects. Turn them into features. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. I love it. I mean, I love that whole attitude, right? Like, let's, in life, never mind in in making, let's take things that we consider to be defects and make them features. That's how we end this. That's the perfect in this day and age with what we're living through right now. We'll take the imperfect times we're living in and make the best of it. In our shops, 
making cool stuff. Wow. So say we all. So say we all. Wow, what a great time to say that. Um, okay. iTunes review review. I'm seeing... <laughs> I'm seeing just, one. Yeah, I didn't see any. Okay. Yeah, no well... Ones. It's not American, although it is. It's from Bahrain, which is in the Middle East. Um, and it's... You're never going to guess who this is from. John? Guys, it's a good thing you're sitting down. It's from John Made It. <laughs> and uh, yeah. the title is Say No Names. Review. The visual elements on this audio on this audio only podcast really help understand what's going on. <laughs> I can't help but feel that that's directed at somebody. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I can well. show you. <laughs> Guys, hold on a second. Let me go get this so you can see. Um, did we read this one? Yeah, we must have read this yeah, one. We this did. one from Gangi and Papa. We must have read this last week. Yeah, right? we, we read, read that. that. Yeah, okay. yeah last um, let's go to weekly tip segment. Are we already? Did we already talk about? We just kind of kind of got that. But if you got another one, you can go for it. Hit me. Uh, well, it's I just stumbled across this because, like I said, I was organizing uh, my new bench, taking stuff out of one, and I'm like, you know what? I need a little box or something I can store stuff in, and lo and behold, I happen to have about 20 small boxes in the shape of cigar boxes. Cigar boxes make great little storage boxes, right? So mm -hmm. I had um, my um, <laughs> my dowel jig kit, right? It has all my little wooden dowel pieces that I've made or bought, and then the jig, and they're just like in the big drawer. Well, now they're in a box that fits in the drawer and they're all together. So I had a cigar box, I have 20 plus cigar boxes, Cigar boxes make great storage boxes, just in case. And you can go to most smoke shops and get them, if not free, for a pittance, I say. A pittance. And how many times have you ever been in somebody's shop, an old person's shop especially, and you look around, there's a couple cigar boxes in there. You never know what's going to be in them, too, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. You know what you also see in old people's shops? Um, and probably yours, Bill. But um, <laughs> uh, jars. You know, like yeah, glass baby food jars. jars, all kinds of absolutely. Glass yeah, I have I have a bunch of them in mine also uh, that I just keep like random things in, like uh, wall anchors. Yeah. I have a jar full of nothing but wall anchors in all different sizes. Back in the day, man, baby food jars—you screw the lids to the bottom of a shelf, and then you screw the jar up to the lid. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's smart. I like it. Uh, not just for old people, guys, or Bill. Uh, I have a whole bunch of them. <laughs> I I try not to use the glass ones in the shop, though. I have a whole bunch of them. And most of them have kind of like in this other storage because I found I I broke more than one, um, knocking them off the bench, you know. And oh, so now I try to use them. Well, I could do that, or I could just eliminate that problem and use wood or plastic, um, because there's no shortage of either of those things in my world. Um, mm -hmm. I always wanted to make a storage container that held, uh, like design it to fit like um, like yogurt cups. I think Matthias did something like that once. He had a drawer. Yeah, full and a drawer. Of yogurt cups. Yeah. You know, I always wanted to do that. Like. But I'm never that organized. Everything has a different size. Good styles. time. Good time to do you that. Can, uh, yeah, you yeah. can use an office chair plastic to make some little storage boxes. <laughs> the mat. No, wow. The floor mat. Yeah. This is the solution that just can't find a problem. Apparently, Bill has an office <laughs> an office mat he's looking to, to get rid of. I just threw one away. That's my problem. I feel guilty about it. Okay. okay. Anyways. Um, you know, mind you, um, and Jimmy's done this, and I, I did this uh, maybe a few years ago. I just... I want to spend some time in the shop, and so I did, and I had a whole bunch of scrap plywood, as we all do, and I Make just, uh, you know, 
yeah, just made a bunch of little boxes. I ha- and I labeled them with a sharpie, uh, air nails, uh, random hardware, uh, uh, socket set, or whatever the case may be is. And and you, if you make them like Jimmy did, not the way I did, but the way Jimmy did, they stack and they nest, which I think is really cool. I wish I mind you, I could change it now. I could. And they don't have to be that strong, especially if you're um, only putting air nails in them. Cause yeah, so light, well, right. Get, I'll do the base. Nails. I'll make out of uh, half yeah. inch plywood, I, I and then the sides is quarter inch. Yeah. Oh, you! Oh, you made a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, you ever remember the show from the '80s, uh, Perfect Strangers? Yeah, Balky Bartokomis. Yeah, yes. he threw up his airs. He goes, "Where do I come up with them?" That's that's unrelated to this. Um, what grabbed your attention this week? I mean, I guess I guess we all know what grabbed our attention this week. Do we want to do this segment? Yeah, I I, I got one. That's um, okay. Uh, do it. I mean, this literally grabbed my attention. Um, uh, Get Hands Dirty, Christina Fogaris. I've, I've been a fan of hers for so long. But she, on Instagram, this wasn't a video, but it was just on Instagram. She made this art piece, and I don't know how she did it, but it's some kind of an epoxy pour with paint flecks or whatever. And it looks like it looks like a, a, a if you were able to capture a part of the universe and just squish it down and hang it up on the wall. It's It's hmm. so far beyond amazing. It's like three Instagram posts ago. You'll see it. Um, I love. I that. saw it. Course, it was re- yeah, it was really yeah. cool. I did see it. She's just amazing. Anyway, her next project is she's making a you know, she's making a room divider slash built-in wall thing that's like ten times the size she is. So I mean, she's amazing. But that art piece, I was just like, wow, wow, that was beautiful. It was just amazing. So that I like the my closet attention. that I like the closet that she made um, a couple videos ago. Yeah. Where she like really had to problem solve a whole bunch of things to fit them in. Those European apartments are pretty tiny, so she had she a lot of. She might be one of the most underrated, amazing makers on the planet. I I love her, Chris. If you're listening, we love you. You think she's underrated? I think I don't think she's underrated. I think she's pretty highly rated. I think she's rated well. Yeah. I think she should be up there more than what she is. That's all I'm saying. I I think huh. she's she doesn't get the recognition she deserves. Well, maybe you should recognize her a little bit more. I don't know. I, I just right. did. I would. Okay. I would recognize her. I think just about anywhere. She's very recognizable. I currently recognize her. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's because she's got amazing hair, like moi. That's not nice. I know. Why? But, why would you just diss her like that and compare her to you? <laughs> <laughs> so. So American. <laughs> uh, fine. What caught your attention, Filbert? Uh. I mean, this, 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 this caught my attention. I'm pretty much all in on this thing. Uh, yeah. Tim, what about you? Um, well, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to find normalcy and just let the, the majesty of the times, uh, you know, be more important to me than the negativity. I guess I had this little thing that I was, I had written that I was going to read. I don't know if it's not really done yet. Maybe I'll save it for next week because we'll probably still. Still be in you this world. You might not be here next week, pal. You might want to give it a shot now. <laughs> um, all right, uh, I'll, I'll give it a. I'll, I'll prototype it here, I guess. So, <clears throat> me, me, me. <laughs> As we know, race, religion, and nationality are human constructs that physics does not recognize. From microscopic, uh, hang on, from microscopic viruses to yet to be discovered alien races. Humanity's desire to categorize, isolate, and blame means absolutely nothing to the rest of the universe. And I don't like being told what to do as much as the next guy. I probably don't like it more than the next guy. 
but I do realize that nothing else for a billion light years, besides maybe a few humans I interact with, really cares how I feel. I also realize how I act can have a catastrophic and sometimes immediate and life-threatening effect on the world I live in and those other living things around me. I view doing the right thing as a choice, not an instruction. I recognize sometimes I need to be informed what that right choice is and act accordingly. I don't know everything and there are others that know a lot more than I and I respect that. As I always look for a silver lining, I hope that this current global event will help others, specifically world leaders, to legitimately and sincerely see and understand that actions do have consequences regardless of our constructs and whether we like it or not. We all realize that we really are in this together versus a universe that could give a damn about what we do or don't want to believe. Or we could all buy a new guitar at newperspectivesmusic.com. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I'm Where's your tie last. and your awful <laughs> jacket? I knew you were going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Use the uh, coupon code COVIDio19 all week to save 19%. Yeah. I remember that. You know, and uh, I, I, I like to say I take back everything negative I've ever said about you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you on a very serious note, the silver lining in this, in this uh, pandemic is that it is a phenomenal demonstration of what we can achieve when we all unite behind a singular purpose. Well, that's and, what I. That's what I'm hoping it will be, and I'm and I'm yeah. calling that to action. To like, let's put the pettiness aside. And, well, not only and, I just mean like so that we have this one crisis, but then we also have another one like right behind it, which is you know the climate crisis, and we can all get behind that, and we can affect that change. And this is obvious that that's possible, and I hope it opens up people's eyes to that. That's that was kind of that's why like I said I hadn't really finished yet because that's kind of what what I was thinking is like like I, I was thinking you think about Kennedy like we're gonna and that was just America that wasn't the world yeah. that was just one country he said He's we're like, gonna put a man uh, on the moon, the moon in nine years and we and we did and like I think I, in like eight eight yeah it was he we beat the record we, you know by six yeah. months we beat it but um yeah, yeah. It, yeah or by the the, I, the mandate and I and I feel like we we can do that again and and maybe I mean I know this is a life threatening thing it's not. A, like a severely catastrophically life-threatening thing like climate change or alien invasions but it is and and mm. if we can step up on this one this is great training wheels for us learning how to work together to solve big problems See, and, I, and i think it's just one more I, I know you guys might think differently but i do believe this is just another step of progress we've already made we're just well they, we're getting better we're getting better like i like i used to say when i was playing music for a living that it's all just a rehearsal for the next gig you know and that's right. and this is another rehearsal and some of them are harder than the than others yeah. you know we'll learn yeah. from it and hopefully next time around we will we'll apply some really uh tough lessons mm. learned or we'll go to newperspectivesmusic.com and save 19% <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about go to my Instagram page you'll see <laughs> um <clears throat> let's see here uh, and on that note, uh, our websites are williamlutz.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. As always, contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, um, you know, to yell at Tim about uh, shilling during this time. I think it's a it's a great email to send him. Uh, that, that email address is council at timsway.net. It's a .net, right? It's, it's a .net. .net, yeah. It goes right it's to the trash can. It's perfect. Yeah. Per per right yeah. into the net. Uh, in all seriousness, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. We absolutely do love hearing from you guys. We love hearing from you directly um, and, and getting that feedback from you because uh, the show only gets better with uh, you know audience participation. And you can it also can't get worse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's true. Was that, was that um, not helpful? 
Well, I mean, why break your record? Um, Real quick, so before, then, since he interrupted, I want to say uh, thank you, Justin Sparks. He updated my WilliamLutz.com website. So for all of you who've been waiting in the wind, just thank you, Justin. It's it's all fresh. It's all new. Go ahead. Nice. Um, iTunes reviews, five stars. Leave them. We read them. That's how that You've goes. You've got. You have time to go to iTunes and leave a review this week. You've seen plenty oh, of time. <laughs> <laughs> Talk wow. about social distancing. iTunes reviews is a great way to distance yourself from society and other people. So. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> wouldn't want to burden this podcast with any additional class. So go ahead and leave us those reviews. Uh, and uh, patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. Guys, have a great week, and thank you so much for listening. And stay safe, wash those hands, and be well. Bye, everybody. Be good.